Hello, and welcome to the Cat and Odd Pod. I'm Cat, And I'm Odd. And we're going to be talking about real, personal issues while sharing fun stories. And we both had our fair share of struggles and mental health issues. And really, Kat and I just connected and we want to just use this to talk openly and honestly and, and let people feel understood and maybe even help a little. Um, I think that's it. Let's dive in. So today, I think we're talking about making tough choices, right? Precisely. Audra really gets a kick out of my podcast voice. I just love it. Uh, So yeah, making tough choices. I think that's uh, a great topic because you do it a lot and most of us do not. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, go for it. So exactly, making the decision to take action and to change, which often means leaning into discomfort. This kind of is in every area, right? It's like living, working, loving, all the all the above areas. So ba- backstory before I go into the specific story I'm going to talk about, but So as an adult, I've moved probably more than 25 times. I don't know the exact count, but I know a few moves ago, it was 23. So um, it's around 25. I lived in four different states. I've changed jobs like more than four times. Uh, My choice, all of them. Uh, I've changed career paths a few times, changed relationships. And, you know, some people might look at that and think I am batshit and, (laughs) and just, erratic and maybe flaky is a word that but honestly um recognizing everyone like leads a different lifestyle mine is a i refuse to settle so uh and i want to like get every experience i can out of life so i've done a lot of that good and bad because with every choice and adventure comes the dark and the light with all things so that's my caveat into the situation i'm going to talk about I, uh, one of my, the situation we're talking about is moving to New Orleans. So I, this was probably, I don't know how many years ago now it was, it was 2014. So in 2014, I was, uh, graduated from college with my bachelor's. I did not like the job I was in. I was not feeling purposeful. So I knew I had to change. So I just started looking, I just started kind of throwing things out there. And so I got two choices essentially. And the same day I got a job offer to work in health insurance. And then I got a job offer to be a teacher, America teacher in new teach for America teacher in new Orleans. So I remember this day. Yes. So knowing that, uh, and at the time I was living with you, with Catherine and I was living with Cav. Catherine and Nathan in Auburn. And so I was very torn because I was in a relationship with a person who lived in Auburn, would be in school getting their PhD for several more years. 
um, and the insurance offer was significantly more money, and it was I would have lived in Auburn. And then this other idea, this other offer rather, was New Orleans. Obviously, a lot less money, a lot of unknown. Um, but my heart just knew that was the right choice because I had always wanted to dabble in teaching. In college, I switched out of the College of Education, which is a whole other podcast in itself. And uh, so, yeah, and to be, I was slated to be a science teacher. So I made the choice. I moved to New Orleans. Uh, this all happened in the course of a few months. I uh, accepted this job to work as a science, secondary science teacher at the Expulsion School of New Orleans, having no teaching experience. And I was 21 at the time. I think I turned 22 right when I moved down there. And it was this three gray modular building in the middle of the ninth ward of New Orleans, like nothing around but huge chain fences. And I walk in and within minutes, the principal makes a joke about me getting shot just within probably three minutes of being there. So instinctively, I, I'm a good person at reading energy from people. That's just, I mean, you could take from that what you will, because some people believe it, some people don't. All I know is I usually have feelings about people and their character. So I just had, I just knew I had a, a gut feeling. So I knew this was going to be incredibly hard, but you know what? I was committed. I was in it. So we won't get in the weeds with that, but basically hardest teaching is the hardest job in my opinion. And then you throw in no experience and no support and working at an expulsion school that really is not built to support kids, especially the nature of type of kids who were sentenced to that school. Um, and so it was this shit storm of a toxic work environment. So I actually wrote it down. So it's a, it was a high stress, low reward job. So high stress in the fact that you carried it home. There was endless amounts of work. People's literal lives were on the line. I lost students a lot. Uh, fights were off and violence were often, you know, um, it was very high stress and teaching and, and then all the teaching factors with that. Um, yeah. If you're an educator or know an educator, education is a very high stress job. There's a lot of factors that go into that. I didn't and even then, last two years. So. Exactly. <laughs> it's just there's so much bureaucracy, so much, so much. And then, um, I said low reward. So ob there's like the obvious to that of like reward quote, like what we work for is money. I was not making very much money. But also there was like low reward in other sense. Like I did not have a sense of community. The co I, I, there was a lot of turnover. People were constantly in and out of this school. Teachers would leave often. And though people who were there and did stick in the place were not community driven. They were not relationship driven. They were there to get a check for the most part. That's a generalization, but for the most part. And so it was a high stress, low reward job. And this led to obviously whole slew of things causing me to be in a really dark place in my life you know this job led to I was living I moved closer to it eventually which was in the middle of the West Bank New Orleans which is very disconnected from the city center disconnected from any community it was super isolating and uh, and then I got into this highly toxic and low fulfilling relationship tied to my job so it was a person that worked with me. Um, I'm not going to go into too many details into that relationship other than saying it was highly toxic. 
and low fulfilling. And so my access to my joy factors, I'm going to put in quotes, were limited. So I was didn't have a lot of access to nature or sun. I was inside most pretty much every day. Um, I didn't really get a lot of fresh air. I was not living in a safe area. So it was not um, safe for me to just go on long walks or bike rides or anything like that. So there was a lot of uh, shit in my life that then spiraled into this dark night of the soul for me. So have you heard of doc- dark night of the soul? Do you know what dark night of the soul no, is? No, I thought you just made that up and I was so impressed. Okay, well, I didn't make it up, um, although I wish I could have taken credit for it. But, well, it's a book and then it also is just a concept, right, that we can have several dark nights of the soul, but it's our darkest time. So this was definitely probably my darkest night thus far. And so there's a toxic work environment, fed my vices. I was isolated. I was comfortably numbing in so many ways. And then I, you know, you have that increased need for that toxic relationship. That's not even fulfilling. And it's just like a cycle of bullshit. So didn't meet any of my hierarchy of needs, um, led to a lot of depression and anxiety uh, so many things I could go on of, but dark night of the soul was the best way to put it. So uh, even though this was a super dark time in my life, um, tr- the truth is all of our darkness always gives us gifts and brings us closer if we let it to our true self and our true nature. And so I started kind of fighting for the future that I wanted, knowing it was going to mean, mean more hard choices Um, because even though these things were toxic and I could recognize that because of what they were doing to me, they were still, that was my life. You know, that was what I knew. That was my comfort zone. That was, that was what I was doing. And and really the thought of changing that was really, really uncomfortable because I couldn't, I had so much stuff going on that it was just like, this is what, what it is. Anything else is not an option. But so I wanted to read these two quotes because these two quotes are what uh kind of ignited me to you know empower empower myself to make hard choices so here's one from parker palmer this is a short version of it like a wild animal the soul is tough resilient resourceful savvy and self-sufficient it knows how to survive in hard places and pima codron Only to the extent we expose ourselves over and over to annihilation can that which is indestructible in us be found. So I was going through all of this toxic and tough environment, but I knew that I was discovering the true me of what what drove me, what was, you know, remains within me. So, um... Again, like I said, so choice, commitment. I did it basically. I was doing this a giant check-in. I really started to reflect and realize where I was at in all these places. I was not happy, and this is an extreme situation. So, for it may look smaller, you know, but it was just in every level. I was not feeling joy. I was not feeling happy. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. So, it took. It was time to either continue what I was doing or courage up, you know, make a new choice. So I just asked myself what I really wanted. 
and I knew that I wanted to continue in education, but in a different environment. I needed space from certain people. I needed space from New Orleans. I I couldn't really go back to Alabama. That was really not going to be a great place for me either. So I asked myself, you know, what I really wanted. And I originally wanted to move to Colorado. So I, you know, put trust in the universe. I worked toward that. I, I just put it in my mind. I am at the end of the school year, the second year. I am moving to Colorado. And, you know, I left um, that summer, July. I left at New Orleans at 4 a.m. to move. I drove to Colorado. Uh, I The first time I drove into Denver that day was, or three days actually, was the first time I'd ever been to Denver. The job that I had got in May, um, I got a few job offers there, but the one I accepted, I had never actually met them. Uh, but I just connected with the principal, ended up being the best job I've ever worked at, best school, loved them. Uh, it was an amazing place to be an educator at. And although that journey was not perfect either, there was, of course, you know, dark, dark places in Colorado and dark experiences. There was a whole lot of light. And I just remember that it actually took 30 days to move there. It was like full of dread, anxiety, uncertainty. Like, what have I done? I've left this person. Not even though it was this horrible relationship in my mind. I was like, that's the best I'm going to get. And even though it was this horrible job, I was like, well, at least I, you know, knew what I was getting. And then I remember crossing over the Colorado line and I was like just mountains everywhere. And I just remember listening. Johnny Cash was on with you two, the wander. And I just remember crying. And like in that moment, I just knew I just felt like a literal weight be lifted and I knew I had made the right choice and completely changed my life, which was incredibly hard, um, but a completely solid choice. So um, life continues, battles always continue, but making the choice can be everything and nothing changes if nothing changes. So people always romanticize. I, I read this somewhere and then I kind of altered it, but like people always romanticize their plans and what they want, but then dread the execution and don't do the work. And then they complain when they, nothing changes. And if nothing changes, nothing changes. So we'd rather like a lot of people would rather suffer the known than risk the unknown. And yes, in the unknown, whatever that may be a relationship, literally a move from like house to house, a city, a job, there's a lot of unknown and there will always be darkness, but I, people, I think that we get disconnected from the fact that we have the ability to empower ourselves, to make the choices, to build the life we want. Yeah. So that's that. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting, she says. I like it. Okay. So I have... A page worth of questions. I'm um, pumped about the questions more than I am even about talking. I felt weird just talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so going back to the beginning about deciding about going to New Orleans or... I just literally said New Orleans. That's okay, <laughs> I like it. I think you should keep that um, uh, Going to New Orleans or you know, staying in Auburn. How... You said that you you had sort of a gut feeling of what you needed to do. And so how did you execute that? Did you, did you talk to people or did you trust your gut or did you need validation of what your gut was telling you? 
Oh, I absolutely had to talk to people. And but the truth of the matter actually is it was I could see it was a gut feeling, but it wasn't one of those gut feelings where I or maybe it was I wasn't at a point yet where I was recognizing that I was I was very, very torn because I knew the implications with both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew uncertainty was with both and I knew that each choice had its own you know set of consequences right I was very torn and then I was talking to like pretty much all my all my good friends about it I yeah. talked to you I talked to Kelsey I talked to my friend Keller and who had done teach I talked for several people who had done teacher America I talked to my significant other at the time but my sister actually, you know, my sister was the one who just said, like, Audra, I can see you in New Orleans. I can see you doing this. Like, this is something that you want to do. And I don't know. I honestly had to make the after talking to so many people, I realized everyone had different opinions on it. <laughs> and everyone had, you know, different takes. And I just kind of took a step back and realized, you know, I needed validation. I needed to talk it through with my best people. But then at the end of the day, I came back and realized, yeah, but I have to make it for myself. I'm the one doing it or passing it up or, you know, or making. Yeah. So. Yeah. I do this thing where like, I know what I want the answer to be, but I need everyone to tell it back to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I have a couple more questions about your specific story and then some more sort of broader questions. Yeah. you. Um, one of them you answered was, I was curious if you kind of realized as you were there how bad it was or if it hit you later. I think you said it hit you later. Um, but were there like warning signs as you were going that were like you started to be like, oh, I'm not happy. Ooh, yes, absolutely. I was the most depressed and anxious I had ever been in my life. I, uh, I literally isolated myself. I can name the number of times, um, on both hands that in new Orleans, I did social things and it's less than 10 in two years. Uh, because I, there's a lot of factors that go with that, but you know, I just isolated myself and obviously that's a sign one one and, you know, just, I made horrible, cho- I made, I made dangerous decisions of my being. So yeah, absolutely. There were lots of signs. It's just when I was in it, I didn't realize how bad it was because I was in it and that was my life. And that was just where I was at. Mm-hmm. But then as, as time went on, I just slowly started realizing, wow, I'm not myself. And I don't even know who that is anymore. So kind of more broadly, because you like you said, you've done this move across country life change decision multiple times. Yes. Um, so how do you know when it's time? Like what, what tells you this tough choice that I've maybe been putting off or, you know, how do you know, okay, it's go time. I have to make the call. I think that that's a very hard one to answer in like a concrete sense. And Mm -hmm. what I'm about to say is just going to sound like I just smoked a peace pipe and I'm sitting on the crunchy floor of the forest. (laughs) But the truth, I just think the universe lines things up and you can listen or you cannot. 
I know for me, like the different times were obviously like accepting a job, uh, end of school year, some, you know, summer was when I moved, um, I moved across the country when after the end of a relationship in conjunction with my father, be put my father being put on hospice. And, you know, so those are some, some, but then also there are some like for me, you know, right now what I'm doing, just traveling the country was just like simply knew what I wanted to do, knew I wasn't happy living and where I was living so when my lease ended is when the natural, you know, so uh, I think that there are some things and situations where you just, it gets to a point and I hate to say it, but honestly, it gets to a point where it's just so bad where you should have left way earlier, but you're here and you're in it and you, you're seeing the dark night of the soul get darker than you ever thought. And also there are other situations that are simpler and more planned out and more of a natural end and beginning. Um, yeah, I didn't really answer your question, but no, that's my didn't. extremely long ramble. I mean, basically listen to the universe and people are real bad at that. Yes. Um, so what sort of, what's the first step to, you made this tough decision, how do you, what's the first step to making it a reality? Which, again, is very broad, but... Yeah, and I think it depends on what it is, you know? Yeah. So if it's a relationship, you have to think about what factor... Like, how involved in this relationship are you? Are you legally married? Do you have assets that are combined? Do you have children or, you know, that are of both? Do you, you know, you have to think of those things. Because you, for me, at least, you, you have... You want to be as caring as possible... And as empathetic as possible to all parties involved, but also knowing that you're making a choice that's going to be best for you. If it's a moving across the city thing, um, starting to re to research the city you would like to live in, find out about it, uh, find out if you have friends there, start researching neighborhoods, get a, the price range in mind so you can start saving for if you want to buy or rent or what you'll need, security deposit. You know, you've got to just kind of do that work, do that research, plan it out. And then if it's a career, same thing. I would say here, here is my smart recommendation is don't leave a job until you have another job lined up. However, being a person who has walked out of a job with no job at all lined up, knowing that it was just, I had already given a notice, but uh, I did not fulfill the month notice I gave. I only fulfilled two weeks of it uh, because my physical health was in jeopardy. Um, just being smart about it. I knew I had enough money to survive for a certain amount of time. And I think you just have to, there is no prescribed answer because it's different for every situation and every purpose. But I just think it's being as purposeful as possible. So, and I think, like, have you have, yeah, you have to have a plan, but sometimes I think you also have to trust Oh, it'll work yeah. out. You have, like, you yeah, have. this is a big maybe, but it's, I'll get there and something will happen. You have to. There, there will be a point and everyone, well, there, if you are a person who makes tough choices and lives in the arena, as Brene Brown says, you are going to be a person that at some point comes to a spot, whether that is in any facet, 
that you are going to have to realize that you can control nothing except for you and your reactions. And you just have to say, all right, world or God or whatever spirit, universe, whatever you personally believe in, here, whatever, you know, I've got to do the things I've got to do to keep my physical body well, my mental health well, and I've got to just do the work I can do, but also trust things will line up. Trust that whatever is supposed to happen, even if that's packaged in a really shitty way that's going to not be really uncomfortable, it's going to be what you're supposed to go through in order to, you know, walk the journey and let your purpose evolve. Where do you personally find the courage to to do it? Where do I personally find the courage to do it? I think that I am just who I have been as a being since I was a kid is a person who is not willing to live in an unauthentic space. I've not, that isn't, to say I haven't been very lost, but I just think that it's in my nature to keep moving, keep seeing, like keep exploring, keep learning, keep experiencing. So as as you're driving into Denver Mm -hmm. and you've never been there before, how do you not turn around? I had nothing to go back to. I There was no plan B. There was no plan B, and I think another factor for all these things since I've been 21 is there was no, you know, my dad was, has Alzheimer's and was very, has been very sick for the past almost probably 12, 13 years now. And so that home was not even a, it is, but at this point in my life, home was not a, home was not a thing. There was no more house I grew up in where my parents were. There was no more bedroom for me. There was my mom who was very stressed out trying to not only work full time and support all of the bills they had together, but also care for my dad who had a disease that no, that didn't make sense. And so there was no like literal place I could go because I couldn't put that on my mom and stress her out. And also that is just not a, a, a situation I could put myself in because that would not help me. I didn't have that option. And so it was just... I was terrified. I mean, I was terrified. I was moving in with someone I had never met. My friends had met them, um, which it was another story, <laughs> another horrible experience. But I got through it, and it was beautiful. I mean, it was a beautiful place, and I was scared shitless, but I knew that what I was doing was – I knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't know what would happen, but I also knew that if it wasn't working, I could leave. Nothing's permanent. Yeah, exactly. Nothing is permanent. So I, I want to interject here a quote that I love. Okay. That I think fits in that I didn't mean to do this, but it just occurred to me. I love um, it. So I think um, Trevor Noah said this. We spend so much time being afraid of failure, afraid of rejection. But regret is the thing we should fear most. Failure is an answer. Rejection is an answer. Regret is an eternal question you will never have the answer to. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 100%. So even if the choice is tough, and even if it's scary, and you feel terrified, and you don't have a plan B, I think doing something and learning it wasn't right for you, always wondering what would happen. 
better than wondering what would happen if I had done this. Yes, exactly. And that brings up to like, I don't know what the exact quote is, but essentially like victory and winning quote unquote things like, yeah, that is great and teaches us little, but failing will teach you every time. Like we learn most from our failures and, and what we perceive as failures, I guess. And, and that's how you experience. If you're never willing to willing to risk anything, how can you gain anything? Yeah. So it's sort of to, to close it out here, this is the question I have for you. What would you say is the biggest piece of advice you could give to someone who is teetering on the edge of the, a decision? What would you say to that person? Uh, I would say if someone is teetering on the edge of a decision and is unsure, I would say take time to yourself to reflect. So get away from everyone and everything. Take a walk in nature. Whatever that means, if that means going to a literal like national park or going just in through some woods or I would say get outside, get in nature not listening to headphones, not listening to podcasts, not talking to friends about it. Just sit with that choice with, and just, you know, ruminate on it and, and just take some time and um, reflect by yourself with, with no one else. And just think if there was no one else in this world besides me, you know, how would this decision be made? that's what all I can think of. That's my immediate answer is just, you know, if that's because you, this is the truth that I've been realizing lately is, which I've known, but it's just coming more and more clear to me is your body is your home while you're on earth. And this is like, you are who you, who you'll be in the longest relationship with your whole life. So your relationship with yourself and your view of yourself, your perspective of yourself, should be the most important thing. Not not promoting narcissism. It's not like you should think you're the hottest bee on the world, but you should be in agreement. Success is Maya Angelou quote. Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Into it. All right, folks. Well, you've heard her. What you need to do is you need to turn off this podcast to go outside in the quiet and reflect and go about your decisions. <laughs> Done. Peace. peace. World peace. <laughs> <laughs>